0: Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Innovation Podcast, your source for all things innovation. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Jacob Garlick on the line, and he's Managing Director over at IQ Technologies and Consulting. Jacob, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Adam, for having me. Delighted to be here. Oh man, so a hot topic today, a state of M&A in SaaS. Um, A lot of people uh, from the SaaS industry listen to this podcast, so excited to get into this with you. But before we do, um, I do want to go a little bit further into what you're doing over at IQ Technologies and Consulting. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about the company, please.
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks for uh, reaching out today and having me on the show. So over at IQ, we are a management consulting firm. Uh, focus primarily in M&A due diligence in the technology space. So private equity firms typically hire us to assess the marketing, sales, customer service, and product roadmap of technology companies they're looking at buying, as well as their competitors to help evaluate where they rank um, in the marketplace and to help them architect a dramatically more competitive uh, go-to market strategy uh, for the business that they buy. And that's why you're the perfect
0: one to talk about this topic today. So state to of MA and SAS. Where do you want to start with this one? This is a monster
1: of a topic. Yeah, I mean this is a new weird world we live in today, uh, with the COVID situation taking place as we speak and and still calculating the input of uh, what this means for technology industries as a whole. I think right now um, you certainly could not have predicted um, how this would have impacted M&A even a year ago to try and forecast something like this would have been next to impossible. And so I think what we're observing uh, first and foremost is most M&A transactions are slowing down and private equity firms, banks, anyone involved on the buy side is trying to reevaluate how to price a business right now, mm-hmm. trying to figure out exactly what the right multiple on EBITDA would be to pay for a company, as well as if there's a durability component in the business that may not otherwise have been a factor in their decision to make a purchase. And so right now it's very much a reassessment phase um, to figure out how to put together deals, how to price deals and how to grow these companies post acquisition. And so whereas before you operated in a world where credit was so free-flowing, that you only needed one debt provider to get the whole deal done, and now you may have to put together a syndicate of um, senior and sub-debt providers to get a deal done, and even then they're tightening up their restriction on the multiples they might feel comfortable levering up a business.
0: Yeah, the pricing side alone, like to to tackle that, I'm like, (laughs) Like, what do you do? Because you're like, you can have these, some of these businesses, it's gonna, uh, um, it's gonna be tricky because they may have been doing pretty well, you know? And then you think about, like you said, the durability side, it's like, how do you, like, who could have seen this happen? Like nobody, nobody saw it happen. You said next impossible. No. I hope it was impossible. Nobody,
1: yeah, yeah. There Silky you go. Saw he it he <laughs> saw it. He
0: saw it. Other than him, yeah. uh, nobody saw it. So now I'm um, pricing it. Not asking you, by the way, to have your have your crystal ball or anything like that. Obviously, because none of us have that. Um, but where do you think it, um, where do you think are going to be some of the more interesting areas that let's just say loosen up um, sooner than later in terms of the in terms of the SaaS market.
1: Yeah, great question. I think anybody who's evaluating uh, prospective companies to to buy is sort of setting up their new formula or criteria for making a purchase. And, you know, whereas before, typical SaaS M&A looked like a revenue multiple, right? Um, yep. Whereas now you might be looking at EBITDA multiples. Um, so that's one component. Second, I think businesses that are going to be approached are going to be much more uh, strategically aligned for an acquisition rather than just a financial play, whereby mm. the acquirer, whether it be a private equity firm or a larger company looking for a bolt-on product to put through their sales force into their product offering um, to the prospective or existing customers mm-hmm. – there's going to need to be a much heavier strategic alignment, uh, for a purchase whereby if the existing company's customer base starts to churn or, uh, reduce in their, you know, total services being bought by that company or from that company rather, um, the acquirer will have a lot more confidence because they know they can sell through, uh, mm-hmm. to their customer base or rather pump Revenue through that product as a cross sell to their existing uh, customer base or uh, channel relationships through the partners they're working with, and so um, those are typically the groups willing to pay a premium for a business. In fact, before I started IQ, we I ran uh, the revenue team for a B2B software product company called M Helpdesk, and we were acquired by Home Advisor. The number one lead gen provider for field service companies they also acquired Angie's List, and we were a CRM technology for field service companies. So for a company like them to buy us made a lot of sense because they could upsell all of their customers through their 500 person sales force. whereas if a private equity firm was valuing us, they were valuing us only on our revenue and profit, right and our growth mm-hmm. rate. but a company You know, at the time, we only had, you know, maybe 20 people on our sales team. And so a company like HomeAdvisor can look at the business and say, what's this worth to us when our 500 salesperson team starts selling this product? And they're essentially buying on discount on that performance. So in a COVID-related world, right, or a post-pandemic world, I think strategic acquisitions are going to make a lot more sense there's operating leverage, even in the sanitation business. If, if I'm a logistics-based business and I do trash pickup on a route and I'm making 10 stops on that route and my, my trucks are only at 50% capacity and there's 20 stops available on that route, I'm going to be looking at buying the other sanitation companies that service those routes, relieving them of those trucks and putting my trucks to maximum capacity. So that's a strategic acquisition rather than potentially just a profit acquisition, if that makes sense.
0: No, completely, and yeah, I, that, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking like, they have to already have the market. They a oh, full-time product, something like that's that's the only way. And I think um, for those companies, especially the one where premium would be paid, that and again, not saying anybody would want to, you know what I mean? Nobody's happy about what's going on. Obviously, people are losing their lives, but for um, for some of those companies, that this might actually work in their favor, especially if some of these larger companies are looking for new ways um, to connect and to reach new markets, um, which is going to be. Pretty, depending on the market, of course, the product, all these other things, but what can be more challenging depending on where, where how they position themselves up to this point. So, no, I, I, I think you're spot on on that. It's going to be really interesting to see um, how this all plays out. So, Jacob, that being said. Um, uh, final, final question, two part question. So, um, number Mm -hmm. one, if somebody is uh, listening to this and they want to learn more um, about working with IQ technologies and consulting, um, and consulting, um, what's, what's typically the right type of company, whether it's size or niche or otherwise, um, that's normally a good fit for IQ technologies and consulting, uh, question number one and number two, what's the best way for them to reach out?
1: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And just to finish the thought on your previous note there, I think the net-net might be durable businesses that are going to weather this storm well, utility companies like CRM, payment gateways, um, accounting technologies, those kinds of companies are likely to be the first to loosen up on the M&A side, just to answer your question more directly. And I think uh, a business like that will weather the storm well, but also grow with the market as it rebounds. You don't really want to look for an inverse relation uh, to the pandemic or the economy because it'll be short-lived if they do well, like PPE suppliers, for example, mm-hmm. a lot of pop-up PPE suppliers. Um, serving a great need, helping out, but those guys are clear at the short-term opportunity So looking for more durable opportunities and that sort of plays in to answer your next question, which is who's the perfect, you know, perfect client for us. We're working almost exclusively with private equity firms uh, that are looking to make acquisitions, but also companies that are looking to make acquisitions. We're a due diligence partner. Um, But on the flip side of that, we do on occasion work with a company that has gotten to a point where their growth has become a little bit fail or it's doing fine, but they want to take a new approach to this market and want to figure out a go-to market strategy that would make them a prime acquisition target. So a company getting ready to get purchased. If they wanted to reach out to me on LinkedIn, they can just at my personal LinkedIn Jacob garlic is fine. Um, And we can help assess their business and, or their competitors and figure out where they rank and how they can Get into the number one spot and happy to um, talk to anyone. Uh, if they just simply mention this podcast to me, we'll set up a free consultation for them just to help chat and be helpful.
0: Fantastic. Well, Jacob, really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today and uh, share more about all the great work that you're doing over at IQ Technologies and Consulting, and also um, about your update on the state of M&A and SAS. I mean, super helpful to me and to the audience, and uh, to the listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave me a review in the Apple iTunes store, uh, and if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, Mission Matters Innovation, definitely give us a subscribe there, but also leave us a some- Thomas video I'd love to know what kind of projects and things that you're working on and Jacob thanks again for coming on the show
1: hey thanks so much
0: Adam happy to be here